Greetings and welcome to the Business of Agriculture podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason. As you know, we get together here every week and discuss issues impacting the industry of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. That's right. It's the Business of Agriculture. Uh, Bonus episode for you here because it's a topic that I think has a lot of tentacles, if you will. Um, Just saw it over the weekend. Maybe you did, too. Uh, Got a big headline, uh, a study that came out. 95% of baby foods tested contain toxic metals that could harm brain development, study finds. Now, you know, as an agricultural person, that when you see anything that's a study that's coming out, you just automatically assume, oh, my God, it's going to be anti – if it involves food, I guess I should preface that. If it involves food, you always assume, okay, it's going to be anti-agriculture. Uh, and it's going to probably have uh, a bit of misinformation in here, and it's going to terrify the consumer. Well, telling your consumer that there's toxic chemicals, toxic metals, if you will, in your baby's food is probably a good way to perpetuate food fear. Uh, you listen to the show, you keep up with my stuff, you know that I commonly point out that the media and cause groups partner to perpetuate food fear. It's what they do. Uh, And they do it very well. Fear is a base level human instinct. Uh, It gets people to dial in, tune in, listen, pay attention, click, uh, and and read. Uh, And it's, it's always been effective. So I'm reading this and I'm like, oh God. And then Chuck Schumer, because there's the other part of this is that, as you know, food is always politicized. Food is weaponized. Food is used as a vehicle by those like uh, politicians to control. I mean, look at, we talk about what's going on with uh, Bill de Blasio instituting meatless Mondays for the school children in the city of New York. They cannot eat meat in their school lunch or school breakfast on Mondays. That's food control. Uh, So food has been used as a controlling device for a long time, but now it's more about uh, how I can weaponize this or use food issues to further my own agenda. Well, when I saw Chuck Schumer in this press release, I'm like, oh, God. And it was recorded out in front of a baby store in New York. He's holding up food, uh, baby jar food uh, jars. Um, And so he's got this whole, uh, shall we say, agenda going. And uh, I'm, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Well, as we all know, he's uh, an anti-Donald Trump uh, senator. And I believe he was one of the reasons he was pushing this was to pretend that the children's food is not safe and it's because of a failure on the Trump administration because they have not had an FDA commissioner since April. Now, that could or could not be true. You know, this study could have been released whether there was a commissioner or not. Uh, But I I don't think that uh, the good senator is missing out on his opportunity to blast the administration and claim that it's on them that there's children eating lead, arsenic, mercury, and cadmium. Those are the four metals that are found in these baby foods. Now, about the study, then I thought, okay, is this going to be one of these flimsy studies? You know, the Environmental Working Group was famous for that. The Environmental Working Group, August a year ago, dropped... They dropped a study that was their own study. They didn't have it done by like the, you know, the people at Michigan State, colluded, you know, working in collaboration with uh, the the people at uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, no, it was done by the Environmental Working Group themselves, who commissioned this study to be done, saying that there was a weed killer in your children's cereal. That was their headline. You know, they sampled Lucky Charms and found a little bit of glyphosate, and uh, that was 
purposefully dropped this this study. The release date of their study was purposefully done the very week that the first jury in Northern California ruled against Bayer Monsanto in a glyphosate trial. So that was all orchestrated to boost fundraising for Environmental Working Group and to continue to perpetuate this hysteria that glyphosate is in all your food and is killing you and it's due to Bayer Monsanto. That was political agenda and also it makes money. It raises funds for Environmental Working Group. So when I saw this news, if you will, I thought, okay, is this for real? And is this flimsy or is it factual? Well, it seems to be pretty factual. It was released by this group called Healthy Babies Bright Future. Healthy Babies Bright Future. I don't know anything about Healthy Babies Bright Future. I just know that they were the commissioner of this study. So I go on their website and I look around. And they've got links to some other groups. They've got some. I'm going to go ahead and look at it right now while I'm talking to you. They've got links to uh, various other organizations and some of them appear to be a little bit of an agenda because that's how cause groups are. But in reading the study, I couldn't say that it was just completely biased. It, uh, it did not go full on against agriculture like I thought it might at first. Turns out they got 168 different baby foods from major manufacturers in the U.S. And they went all over, if you can believe them, if they're not lying, they went all over from Walmart to Whole Foods to Kroger to Winn-Dixie, whatever, all around the United States and sampled this, these food uh, offerings. It turns out this is not the first time that we've allegedly had baby food with uh, contaminants in it. And I then wondered, is it because our testing has just gotten better? 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago when I was born, I ate baby food. Did it have heavy metals in it? I don't know. I don't know that we could have tested for it. And then it says 95% of the baby foods were indeed contaminated by at least one of the four heavy metals. So it's pretty significant, actually. Uh, Arsenic being the most prevalent And then I thought, okay, there is a reason for that. So I did a little research because I wasn't aware that arsenic was banned in the 80s and it had been an insecticide and even sometimes a herbicide, although I wasn't sure what it was selectively able to kill, some sort of a broadleaf. But specifically, it was used as a pesticide, insecticide, to get rid of... uh, to get rid of uh, the boll weevil in cotton fields. This then correlates to... Of all the baby foods that have the problem, rice, the ones that contain rice, processed rice, rice cereals, rice puffs, rice cakes, uh, tend to have the biggest amount of contaminant. And um, if you do the study, you can you can pull this up. Just simply Google uh, healthy babies, um, bright future, uh, baby food toxic, and you'll, you'll get the articles. But it seems like rice is uh, particularly uh, impacted with arsenic. So I'm doing my research on this, and I said, okay, wait a minute, what's the tie-in here? So arsenic was used at great, uh, great amounts, apparently, back in the old days uh, for bull weevil control. And so that would be the same soils that are producing rice today because we don't, generally don't grow rice uh, up here in northern Indiana where I live. It's corn and soybeans and country. So it would be the south where they grew cotton. They also grow rice. So what's this mean for us? Well, first off, we're going to continue to see we're going to continue to see 
articles come out that do things like this. I believe our testing is such that we can detect parts per billion that we couldn't just 30, 40 years ago. Um, we're going to also probably find out that there's parts per billion of something in everything. I mean, there's parts per billion of insect parts in our food and parts per billion of human feces in our food. So uh, what do we choose to be alarmed about? There is going to also be a cry for change. When it gets politicized, when Chuck Schumer is uh, calling out the FDA, that means that he wants more regulations. More importantly, he wants to demonstrate that the leadership in charge right now is incompetent, and that's the political angle to this. And food has always been politicized. Food has always been weaponized. Food has been about control. Food and the business of agriculture has been always used as a political posturing and uh, sometimes as a pawn, sometimes as a sometimes as a heavy hammer. We're going to see more regulations, and I don't know for sure what that means. I'm not even sure how you would get the arsenic out of the soil. If it is indeed in the soil and it's readily uptaken by rice, one of the, uh, one of the articles I read talked about the fact that um, rice apparently uh, does a very effective job of, uh, of uptaking arsenic. So that means we're either going to have to change those acres or change the practices, uh, or maybe we can even genetically engineer a rice that uh, would not uptake arsenic, although I have no idea how that would be done, and I'm not the scientist here. What else do I see happening? I see food fear being perpetuated, as it always has, and things like this right here demonstrate it. It's very effective. It's very effective from a public relations standpoint to say, hey, there's this thing happening, here's the data, and you should be scared. That's why food fear does perpetuate. But it looks like, again, this is actually legit. This is not, this is not just a hit piece on agriculture. Turns out lead was the most found uh, of, of everything, and I don't know for sure what the uh, reasoning is on that. I guess that lead was at some point a component in some some agricultural chemistry 100 years ago. But we've been away from the lead for a long time. I think I can remember, as you can too, when the time you went and got regular or unleaded gas. Well, that's been 40 years ago. Uh, other things that I think are going to impact the business of food and agriculture based on this study, I think processed food takes a hit. Um, you know, there's, there's no real correlation. In other words, you could probably have these same heavy metals in – leafy vegetables that were raised on that property, but there tends to be a continual migration away from processed foods. So if you continue to tell the parents that processed food in a jar you're feeding your baby does have uh, a greater likelihood of containing uh, you know, lead, cadmium, mercury, and uh, arsenic. Here's what I, I really, though, they talk a lot about a child's IQ and mental development because of these toxins being there. What if they were also there 45 years ago and we just didn't know? I mean, science is good. Uh, evolution is good. And if we're better at tracing this and finding this and preventing it, that's fantastic. Um, what else I see happening for the business of agriculture? I see the perpetuation of food fear because food is power and food is control. And the more the more that uh, a politician can latch on to a subject and uh, use fear then, and the media does the same thing, and cause groups do the same thing. They all seem to be sort of uh, using fear and one another. The politician uh, brings a, a level of uh, authority. The cause group uh, brings fundraising. The media brings attention. And what they get 
is each of them get what they want. One gets control, one gets uh, fundraising, and the other one makes money off selling ads. I'm afraid that food fear, in this case, it looks to be very legitimate. The study looks to be very legitimate. But again, how risk? How much risk is this for real? If 95% of baby food has some trace of these toxins and has been there for 50 years, uh, are we really, really, uh, are we at risk of, you know, society being uh, destroyed? I don't think so. Um, but we still need some context. This is not the first mention of toxins and heavy metals being in baby food of all things. And why it's there and not other places uh, seems to be a, a bit of a mystery. They talked about food production just a little bit. Uh, they also talked about food processing. Maybe that's where some of these things are coming from and in the production process and the processing that's being picked up there. So I guess the the moral story here is there's a lot going on, and I just wanted to bring this up because it's food fear. When you start telling parents that there are toxins in your child's food, they're gonna flee, they're gonna react as you might you know as you might appreciate as you might guess. And when we can understand that. What's it mean for us as a business? It means that we're gonna see more of this. And what it also means is we need to separate the ones that are actually against us from the ones that we can embrace. This one here, I don't know that anyone in agriculture is going to defend it. I don't know that we're even the ones that are being uh, accused of the problem uh, yet. What we really can do is on issues like this is agree with the consumer. And it will help us a lot when we say, hey, trust you, me, we, we as an industry, we want our babies to be safe too. We have babies uh, just like you do and we feed them just like you do. Then the question is about standards. And this might be the bigger debate because there's a big call now that the FDA should be tightening the standards. And I'd say, well, that's probably just fine. But again, is that really because the risk or just because we can test that much further. And then what if we say the same thing about glyphosate? After the glyphosate and the Environmental Working Group study, when they told everyone there was weed killer in their lucky charms, their child's lucky charms, we discovered that, you know, it would take a grown-up would have to drink like four bottles of wine every day for 100 years before they would ever build up a, enough of the glyphosate to cause them any problem per the FDA's rules. And if you can drink that much wine... Uh, for that many years, you probably don't have a problem with herbicide. I would imagine you're immune. Well, I'm wondering about this also. This is really a big push, and it's repeated through here, that we need to change the FDA, should establish regulations, the report recommended. Uh, for 90% of the baby foods tested, the FDA did not set standards for the maximum safe limit of heavy metals. So I'm wondering, is that what we're really talking about? Are we talking about now the real push here is to increase regulation not because we not because we've got a problem meaning we're not we're, we don't think we have babies dying or anything my god we hope not but is it just because we can test better we're going to force ourselves to have tighter regulations again we probably be fine in the business of agriculture but one must question then well where does that end and it's of course if it's politicized as it is it leaves us in the remarkable situation of saying, well, we don't want those standards to be tightened, and then we look bad. It's kind of like standing up and saying, there shouldn't be taxes on cigarettes. Oh, are you pro-smoking? It's smell. It kills people. And that's where they, uh, they always get you in the political fight. 
if it looks like you are defending uh, the status quo, and the status quo is apparently putting toxic chemicals or toxic heavy metals into baby food. So lots to consider here. I think the processed food thing is going to probably get shook down a little bit. I think baby food is going to get shook down a little bit. I think rice is going to end up with some new regulations because uh, repeatedly in here, and I guess that's the other thing, if you're bored, Google baby food, metals, toxic metals, rice. And uh, that's going to tell you all you need to know. I see the the business of rice production uh, is going to have to make some adjustments because of that'll probably be the first. The first regulation will be FDA standards, and the second regulation will probably be something on rice. I'm Damian Mason. This was a bonus episode because it's in the news, and we're talking about food fear. Uh, The media uses food fear to get eyeballs, which help them sell media advertising. Cause groups use fear because it boosts their fundraising. Politicians use fear because it entrenches them and allows them power. Remember the old thing that these politicians, the way they think is not the way you and I think. They say things like, never let a crisis go to waste, meaning use it for your own political gain, as sad and as as sick as that is. I have a book that is now getting closer. And I've been teasing you a little bit, but I have a book that's about the business of food and agriculture. And it's about fear. It's about foodies. It's about fads. It's about finickiness. It's about the future. It's about farmers, farming, food food production. And again, it's about fear. It'll be coming out very, very soon. I want you to stay tuned. I would love for you to pick up a copy or 100 copies for your audience when they come out. Thanks for tuning in. Again, I'm Damian Mason. This is the Business of Agriculture. I appreciate your listening.